Hello and welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast. Uh, my name is James Dixon and joining the podcast today, we welcome two guests. Uh, first of all, Andrew Moore, the Client Partnership uh, Director for Ashfield Meetings and Events. Andrew, thanks for joining the podcast today. Hi James, thanks for having me. And let, let me pray that I get this correctly because we've got Pierre uh, Matrela. Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. Thanks, James. Fantastic. I, I took a gamble and it just about paid off. Uh, Pierre is the CEO of SpotMe. Now, I'm not going to do the explanations here. Let's start by uh, talking a little bit about your respective organizations. We'll begin with you, Andrew. If you could tell us a little bit about your role as Client Partnership Director at Asheville Meetings and Events, what that entails and what the company actually does. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, my role as Client Partnership Director for Ashfield Meetings and Events is predominantly to move our accounts forward with, with some of our key clients. So primarily I look at how we do things, um, look at the strategic, strategic objectives of both our clients and from an Ashfield Meetings Events perspective and, and effectively try and align the two. Um, you know, we're we're currently looking to to be at the forefront of what we do um, in the healthcare meeting space. Um, so my role is 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 fundamentally to to be a little bit forward thinking um, to make sure that we are delivering upon our objectives. And um, you know, as the title suggests, it's that relationship between Ashfield and and uh, our clients. And it is a very, very specific niche, some may say, sector that you are working in, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's hugely niche. Um, it, from, a, from a meetings and events perspective, 95% um, of our, our client base is, is healthcare. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a sister brand, Spark Thinking, who, who operate outside of that healthcare sector. But um, the lion's share of the business is, is with um, healthcare. Super. And moving things over to you, Pierre, if you could tell us a little bit about SpotMe, uh, what, what is the service or the product that's, uh, that's offered? Yeah, so SpotMe is, uh, is actually an event app uh, company, so we create event apps for meetings, events, and, and conferences. And we actually have been doing this for a, a relatively long time. Uh, actually, we claim to have invented, uh, uh, we claim to have invented uh, uh, the space. Uh, back in 2000, uh, as we created uh, little networking devices for meetings, uh, meetings and events, uh, and then in 2011 we moved on and and, and started to uh, deploy event apps on mobile phones, uh, on the app store, uh, but also on on iPads and and iPods. So as an organization, uh, we believe our mission is basically to transform how events are being run. We believe that uh, events are a fantastic opportunity uh, to change how organization and, and people work, uh, work together, uh, but that, that potential is massively underutilized. And we think that an app can really bring uh, uh, meetings to the next level by making them more engaging, more interactive, more relevant, more meaningful. And this is what we do as, a, as an organization. So yes, we provide software, uh, we provide a software platform, uh, but we also do provide the, the, the service and the people uh, to make that magic to make that magic happen. And uh, we're based uh, we're a Swiss company. We're based in, in Lausanne, Switzerland, and but uh, we have a very big office in the United States in Chicago and a smaller presence in Singapore. Fantastic introduction, and I think um, beautifully put in context of what we're going to be talking about today and the relationship that you have, Pierre, with Andrew and his team over at Ashfield Meetings and Events, because 
engagement, interactivity, quality of content, huge parts in any event, but when you're working in something like the, the, the healthcare sector, the quality and the detail of the content must be so key to the success of the events that you're helping to coordinate as a company, Andrew, that um, presumably you, you will be looking a few years ago and, uh, for, for some of the, the new technologies that can help you deliver that content. Yeah, for sure. In fact, our relationship with SpotMe started out with something quite different from, from the engagement piece. We were actually looking, we were coming at it from a, a compliance angle um, with the FPA um, directive around uh, transfer of value disclosure. So my hook to, to, to our client at the time was that angle and we approached some, um, some vendors, SpotMe included, and um, we were testing the water with clients, um, certainly with, with a specific client in mind, and that has just sort of snowballed and the interest has developed to become much more of that sort of engagement piece. Um, we have published some, some data around um, healthcare uh, professionals' learning journey and their educational wants and needs. And what we see from, from the SpotMe offering very much aligns with what we're trying to achieve. And the deep dive analysis, analysis of healthcare professional interactions, what their, their wants, needs, and motivators are. And we certainly feel that, that partnering with SpotMe and certainly the new release of, 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 um, of theirs that, that's coming to market will support that. And, and, and let's put it into a really sort of practical context for a second here. When you are hosting and, and running one of your events, Andrew, how is the SpotMe uh, service actually deployed within the, the context of the event? Well, it, it, it can vary. Um, in terms of service deliverables, you're looking for those interactive features. Predominantly, they have been around the audience engagement of Q&A, uh, live polling. We've done uh, a couple of scenarios of sort of gamification, generally right. just trying to, to encourage people through to the app. Um, and to interact, to, to network um, with colleagues. Um, so it's it's kind of the full tilt of, of, of their service offering is, is what we're starting to adopt more and more. And Pierre, if I could uh, ask you, um, having looked at um, the, your website uh, prior to this episode of the podcast, um, I noticed that there are a couple of options there. There's a, a you build it option or there's a we builder option. Um, how does it work uh, with with Ashfield? Um, is there an element of both, or are you predominantly responsible for programming the content that they may need within the apps? Yeah, um, well, I guess Ashfield is a is a textbook uh, client in that regards because they um, over the past year they have produced more than 100 apps uh, uh, through to the Spotme platform. Um, I think the vast majority of these apps were actually self-built. Uh, Andrew has assembled uh, internally at Ashfield a team, uh, an even app team that basically has acquired the know-how and the tools to, to create those own, uh, their own even apps. Uh, so they're able to do so uh, with, with very high speed and high quality. Um, and uh, they, for most of the events, they will build their, their own apps. Now, for certain events, um, for certain events uh, that are a little bit more specialized, uh, typically uh, standalone meetings or investigator meetings, uh, which are um, highly specialized meetings in, 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 the, in the pharmaceutical sector. Um, Andrew and, and his team will, will call us and require 
the full service or on-site support, uh, depending on the bandwidth he's got available, depending on the budget, and depending on the client objective. And if he or the client wanted to deploy more advanced tactics, more advanced interactive tactics, this is where uh, they will bring our uh, highly skilled uh, uh, me producers uh, on site to manage those, those advanced capabilities. And, and, and when you are looking to, de to deploy the, those services, Andrew, um, do you tend to use as an organization the same venues because of the type of events that you're hosting and being niche to the healthcare sector? Do, will you regularly find yourself working in the same spaces or are you able with the technology nowadays to take events into new spaces that you, you wouldn't have used before? Yeah, from a, from a healthcare perspective, you are obviously very high, heavily regulated. So there are certain destinations that, that are very commonly used, and and venues within those destinations. I think what we're what the space that we're looking to move into is is these vir this virtual event environment, and and again, it, it's something that we've been in discussions with Pierre about, um, and we want to to come up with a, a solution um, that's you know brings the events to the audience as opposed and, uh, to the other way around. Uh, how, how, um, how well has the relationship worked, Pierre, uh, in terms of new developments that you've been able to incorporate within to your systems by looking at the feedback uh, and the development of, of, of the Ashfield events themselves? Now, presumably, you must work with a portfolio of clients, so you're constantly seeking feedback from all of them, but specifically with Ashfield, is there anything that's been done to specifically help improve your own service? Yeah, I mean, um, one of the, and it ties into how the, the, the SpotMe platform is, is structured, uh, because on one hand, we have a, a first layer, which is the, the platform itself, the foundation, and, and this is evolving. I mean, we have our own vision on where we want to bring this, and Andrew has been an instrument, instrumental contributor uh, to that to that vision. So, for example, we just released our new version of analytics, and um, you know a lot of those new functionalities are actually based on requirements expressed by by Andrew and, and and his clients. You know the ability to measure pretty much anything that is done in the app, which is nothing new, but also the ability to follow the path of you know how people use uh, uh, the app uh, uh, throughout the event, which is something something new. Now the the other thing that Andrew has been leveraging extensively is the ability that we have in the Spotify platform uh, to basically plug in certain customization for specific clients. Uh, so on top of the of the core platform, you know you have clients who have ideas, and I think this is their own their right. This is the beauty of it. And and these ideas most of the time do translate into new functionality. And so uh, together with Andrew and, and his team, we've been able to prototype those new ideas, turn them, turn them into a product, uh, um, which is owned now by, by, by his clients and used consistently throughout all, all his events. Th that particular product is, is actually around transfer of value and, 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 uh, and recording attendance to certain, to certain session in a crowdsource fashion, uh, which is uh, absolutely unique to to our knowledge, but this is one of those customization, client customization, uh, uh, that that is being brought uh, by by Andrew's team to the to the platform. And uh, Andrew, one thing I wanted to ask you was was about um, on its basic level, app engagement. Um, there are obviously all sorts of ways that you can analyze the data that an event app, for example, would would provide you with. 
But at its simplest level, if nobody's engaging with that app and nobody's actually using it, then you can't create the data to then analyze. Um, other events have struggled in, pre in recent years in getting delegates and participants and visitors, whatever they may be, to actually use the app in the first place. Um, how have you seen the levels of engagement improve and have you seen them improve in the time that you've been using them so that a, a higher percentage of your actual delegates at these events are using the app in the first place and has it been difficult to get the message across to them as to why you should they should do that? No, I, I was really quite surprised when we first launched um, an app for, for one of our meetings um, how well used it was. Uh, activation levels were were extremely high for you know for the first time of asking. We we're up at around eighty percent. Wow. Um, okay. The way the way that we push the app effectively, because there is an element of push when when you're starting any any kind sure. of launch, is that we we also use it almost pretty extensively in around logistical information. So if people want to know that is their source of of information. We also use it to disseminate information quite extensively, updates, and we use it so people have to check into a, to a meeting. So when they arrive, they scan on arrival. So right from the moment they walk through the doors, if they've not activated the app already, we're encouraging that from the get-go. Um, we also adopted a policy of, of having app advocates, we called them, um, so that we we were talking to some of our, our clients and, and the stakeholders within within those clients, and we were identifying, I would tech savvy for want of a better phrase, um, yeah. but maybe forward-thinking um, stakeholders who were interested in what we were doing, so that when they were going on site, we were asking them for the app to be their sole use of communication with their teams there on site. So, you know, we were we were kind of closing yeah. a loop around. Um, engagement, well, interactivity and engagement, um, but predominantly through that sort of more logistical um, base. Sure. So almost in a way, um, like I said, there's a fine line. You don't want to force things upon people, but if you create a scenario whereby people are going to miss valuable content and not be able to access certain seminars or sessions if they're not using the app, you almost create this scenario where subliminally they are being forced to use it but perhaps not in a, an overly forceful manner. Yeah, 100% and, and what we were doing um, certainly around sort of Congress support apps that, that we've kind of called and de developed over time is we were making sure that we were creating sort of functional needs within our clients so you know something that would resonate with medical um, participants versus something would, that would um, be useful to sales or marketing or you know we were, we were trying to make sure that the app had something for everyone and and we created that that need and you know it's it's now certainly for for one particular client is considered to be uh, an object of key strategic importance when they when they attend certain meetings Pierre for, uh, uh, looking at the usability of of, uh, of the apps how how much of a difference is there uh, on the actual user interface and what people would see on the screen of their device today compared to two years ago? Does it change a lot? Because I know a lot of app companies have focused very, very heavily 
on the navigation aspect of their apps. If they're difficult to navigate, if people can't find the information that's in there, mm. it drops the engagement levels, people switch off very, very easily. Um, how often is that changed and how, how key is that to, to making sure they're being used properly? Yeah, um, to start with, I mean, uh, you need to know that the average session within an app is about 45 seconds. Um, so that doesn't give you a lot of time to dig through like one, two, three menus. Um, which means that, you know, most of the apps started with that uh, springboard where you have all those icons uh, as, the, as the main menu. Um, sure. But this, this sort of home screen is essentially a wasted opportunity uh, to present the user with something relevant and something useful. Um, so for example, for us, one of the key elements, and that, that was already the case a few years ago, but we reinforced that with our new release of the, of the home screen. Um, one of the key elements is, you know, what does it take, how many taps does it take in the app, once you have it in front of you, to tell you uh, when and where is the next session? And, and if the answer to that is, is, is more than zero, well, you've already lost it, right? You want to take your app and say, well, you know, my next session is in this room and it's two o'clock and it's about this. And that should actually be on your home screen. It's common sense. But, you know, you could check out on the market and how many apps will still require you to open, well, locate the icon that looks like an agenda and then probably move to the right day, to the right moment of the day. Then you may have several tracks and then open the session. So you're probably three taps away from that critical piece of information. The second thing is, I mean, this is about time context, um, but that not all the information is relevant uh, to the same, to the right, to, to, to all the groups or to everyone at the same time. So for example, in Andrew's meeting, um, you know, half the participants will be healthcare professionals, whereby uh, the other half will be uh, 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 employees from the pharmaceutical company inviting those healthcare professionals. And the information you, pro you, you show to healthcare professionals is not the same. So this is where targeting comes into place and where you can make some content placement based on time, population, uh, uh, and this is where you basically optimize your content, your content consumption. Um, there are many other aspects that we have seen uh, with regards to you know, how user interfaces have evolved. Uh, of course, now, now, nowadays the side menu uh, sort, of becomes the, sort of becomes the standard, but, but still, we see that most people do actually look at the home screen and this is where they drop because they just want to know what's next. They just want to know, okay, what's what do I have to do? Is there an incoming survey? Is there an incoming feedback form, uh, etc.? But yeah, it's becoming more and more challenging to optimize because I feel like this is already you know uh, stretched to the to the bare to the bare minimum. But I think it certainly shows a trend of what the future looks like, uh, where apps are really going to be lightweight and focused to what's important. And, and what about integration with um, with other technologies that may be being deployed? CRM systems, uh, Ashfield's own websites. If, if there is a, a dedicated website for uh, the, the client that Ashfield are actually working with, um, how does the integration work between your system and those other systems that may play a part? Yeah. Well, again, I think uh, uh, Andrew Andrew's case is well for one of his key clients. I was referring to uh, uh, where for whom he's built about more than 100 apps uh, last year. Um, the, the data comes from their registration vendor, um, which, is fully, uh, which is fully integrated with, with SpotMe. Uh, the, the participant data, uh, but also the session, the program, and the allocation from to, for these participants to the program, so the personalized itineraries, the flight details, all of that data is coming straight from that registration vendor. 
Um, and so we have a seamless one-way one -way integration, uh, which basically makes also the app build, you know, in a few in a few seconds because that data is already is already integrated, and and, and updates are also pushed uh, seamlessly to to Spotme. The next, and that's pretty standard. Uh, I would say 30 to 30, 40 percent of the events that we do, they do integrate with with the backend like this. Um, I would say the next level is basically to feed information back into another system. And what is that information? Well, it could be a CRM, it could be a CRM system, anything like Salesforce or Viva, uh, where you would record the key interaction that your participant had, uh, you know, key feedback, <coughs> action items. But it could also be a compliance system, it could be a learning management system, where the system will basically capture that you've attended this session and, 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 and captured, you know, X education credits that will count toward your education account. And Andrew, from, from your perspective, pretty much the same question. Um, operationally, um, what do you achieve by allowing these systems to talk to each other and, and how important has that integration been for you? It's, it's vital. When, when we're managing the, meet, the number of meetings and creating those apps, we've, we've looked to carve out as many efficiencies as, as humanly possible. And that delegate data transfer was, it, well, is absolutely critical. Um, mm -hmm. We want to minimize the number of times that we're double handling data. Um, mm -hmm. You know, from, from a, a pure and simple logistical perspective, we only want to update the system. Um, you know, we, yeah. for, for a whole host of different reasons, we, we, we need to maintain our, our delegate registration databases. So the last thing that we want to be doing is that twice over to make sure that the app is current and the, and the data is, is real time. I was curious to know, and, and you may be able to do this, this may be something that you're working on, it may be too complicated, but in a, uh, a large-scale event where you might have parallel conference sessions that are available to delegates, um, so there might be three sessions that all begin at 2 o'clock, and prior to the event, a delegate has to choose which session they're going to attend at 11 o'clock, at 1.30, and at 4 o'clock. Does that level of pre-registration for those sessions allow you to then tailor what that person would see when they log into the event app? So, Pierre, you were talking about looking when the next session is at the home screen. Is it sophisticated enough to be able to identify which session of the three that person has registered for and only show that one? Yeah, uh, that, that would be a relatively standard uh, uh, functionality. As we speak, I was just got, before we got into this, this, this uh, webinar, I was on the phone with a client in the United States and they're running now, a big pharma client running now, a national sales meeting in Washington and they have 25 uh, parallel sessions. And of course the app is key because imagine the logistics of getting people in 25 different rooms and they have rotations. Uh, every hour. Uh, so yes, the app can manage that, but the app can also manage the registration to that to those parallel sessions and can handle changes, handle capacity, uh, ha can handle quotas, uh, and again if you think about compliance, you know, typically uh, in, a, in, a, in a standalone meeting not more than 20 to 25 percent of the, of the seats are allocated to the to pharma employees and the rest reserved for healthcare profession, the app can of course handle this, this type of constraints. There was an interesting article that, uh, that I looked at um, recently and it was, uh, it was on Forbes.com, the, 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 the Forbes magazine online, and um, it was an article called Seven Ways to Prepare Before You Attend Your Next Business Conference. And 
a, a huge angle of this article was really throwing the onus back onto the delegates themselves and saying, look, you know, event organizers do an awful lot to prepare and deliver content and try and get it to you in the best way possible. The very least that you should be doing is preparing yourself beforehand to actually come in armed and ready to get the most out of the conference that's cost a lot of money to organize. Um, is there an element, similarly, Andrew, a bit of a loaded question, but trying to make sure that delegates of the clients that you're working with are, are engaging with Pierre's apps and, and services before they're actually getting there and how much of that information is available to them in advance? Yeah, I, th I, th I think ultimately it depends on the meeting in question and, and the content and the objectives that sit behind the meeting. I think we we certainly use the app to provide uh, pre-read materials. We look at ways and means of engaging with delegates, whether it be through a series of sort of Q and A forms, information that we're we're looking to to use, and I think you do you do that under the guise of you're wanting to them to help shape the agenda and the content of the meeting. Um, something I referred to earlier on was was our science of meetings data that we that we published um, last year, and that was HCPs were telling us that they want to be heavily involved or certainly more involved in the creation of a program, the content, the agenda. Um, the look and the feel of the meeting. So, by using technology such as, as SpotMe uh, and, and their app, we we do look to sort of farm that data, that information, and um, pre-event. You've also got to be very, very mindful that, and we've certainly experienced this, that people don't tend to look too far ahead. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think something we've tried this on a whole variety of different meetings, different meeting types, different sort of audience profiles. You could send out your your activation emails, your your communications a month in advance. Your uptake will be relatively low, regardless of what you what your 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 plans are, the comms, sure, anything yeah. that sits around that. You're you're looking at really really significant levels of activation in that last week. So you you don't have a huge amount of window uh, a window of opportunity um, to do too much in advance. But I guess that you know from that is in some way dependent on the client and and their comms campaign that sits behind the meetings we will we will always actively encourage uh, high levels of, of pre-event content that generating a buzz generating an interest but ultimately it's it, it sits with with them to to ensure that the the potential or the the participants that will be coming on site are kind of up for it for want of a better phrase I, I suppose then if we if we time what you've just said about you know people maybe just physically too busy to, to really prepare and look at it too far in advance and we tie that into what Pierre was saying about making it as accessible as possible and as easy as possible to access the information you really do have to make the most of the time that you have got them and make sure that they can find what they need to find really really quickly um, if, re if realistically you've only got them for 24 or 48 hours you know it has to be there ready to go. Yeah absolutely and you, do, you, you have to do that by creating that need um, whether it be as simplistic as, as you know, what what's the next session in the in the agenda, or or, or it being the source of the information that you need. Um, so yeah, you don't have long to to capture people's attention. Uh, I'm keen to ask before we uh, before we wrap up today's episode um, about any future plans. Is there anything that, that collectively uh, or individually you're working on at the moment that um, you're excited about that you might like to? to start uh, sneaking out into the industry? 
funny enough, Pierre, I sent Nick a long email earlier on today with some development suggestions. All right, so I, I haven't got a copy of that email yet, but I can probably pick up on, on things that I'm sure we'll share. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the things that uh, Andrew briefly mentioned earlier is this, uh, the, rise, the rise of those virtual meetings. Mm -hmm. And that's particularly true in the, in the, in the healthcare space. Uh, for a variety of reasons, you know, one being compliance, cost, etc. Uh, we, we're just facing the situation where certain healthcare professionals are just simply no longer allowed to travel uh, to, the, to the meeting location if that then meeting is paid by uh, a, pharma, a pharma client. Uh, but, um, you know, we still want to have a, a meeting. We still do want to have an education experience. And this is happening through uh, uh, remote pods. Uh, where basically people are gathering in, at the country level or at the city level and or they're just attending uh, remotely. And, and we believe that an app more than ever is needed because those meetings, you know, if, if you've ever participated, I'm sure you've participated to those remote uh, or hybrid meetings, and they, they, they sort of lack that, that, you know, that, that piece that, you know, you have the impression we're all together in the same place. And, and that glue could be the app, must be the app, of course, from our perspective. So integrating the video feed, integrating the slides tools, integrating the, uh, all the interactive tools inside the app, especially in a setting where you have remote pods, you may have a big video feed and, you know, people are just sitting around at the app, the second screen, the app is, the, is just the perfect companion to it. So that's one. The second is, uh, we strongly believe, and I'm sure Andrew shares that, we strongly believe that um, the future of events is, is to extend beyond events. Uh, and that's, that's a cliche we have heard, or it's a paradigm we've heard for many years, you know, we need to engage before, uh, we need to engage after. Um, I think the, what I would say now is that we need to engage above we need to engage in both of them. We have to find what is the, the community that, that exists before we even get into an event. The community that exists uh, at the business level, uh, uh, that exists at a professional level, that exists at an association level, you know, before any event exists. And this is where we need to plant the app. And the, uh, and, and the app is, again, the glue for that, for that community. And events are just little things that are opening up in that community app. Um, and, and, and basically that will extend the conversation and that will also connect all those events together because nowadays one of the big challenges that we see with events is that, you know, it's, it's nice time, it's very good time, very productive time, it's 24 hours, 48 hours, but then what? And then we just, you know, see each other next year, next month, etc. So <laughs> our aim is to basically connect that so that it all makes sense as opposed to those disjointed experiences that we're seeing today. Um, if people want to, to, to find out more about it, uh, Pierre, um, how do they find SpotMe on the, uh, on the web? Uh, that's going to be on www.spotme.com uh, and of course uh, there you can set us up uh, for a quick demo which we'll be very happy to do. Uh, now we are into the business of uh, facilitating face-to-face -face meetings and we'll be very happily coming to your offices and demo it to your team in, in person. Super. And Andrew, similarly, if people want to find out a little bit more about what Ashfield Meets his events do, how do they track you down? Uh, AshfieldHealthcare.com is our website. Fantastic. And we should round up today's episode. Um, I think it's very, very key that we point out the fact that Pierre has the SpotMe logo over his shoulder in the background, so he's got some branding in there. Uh, I've managed to sneak the Event Industry News logo in behind me, but Andrew clearly wins today's podcast by having the Blues Brothers 
uh, over his shoulder. <laughs> I, I, think there, I, think, I think there should be more virtual meetings and podcasts taking place with posters of the Blues Brothers in the background. Um, chaps, thank you very much for joining us today. Andrew Moore, Client Partnership Director for Ashfield Meetings and Events, has joined us, along with Pierre Matrela, CEO of SpotMe. Guys, thank you very much for joining the podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. Um, Thank you very much. If you are, if you are watching uh, this podcast via eventindustrynews.co.uk or on one of our other video platforms, don't forget to hop over to iTunes. You can also subscribe to the podcast via the iTunes service and listen to audio whilst you're traveling to and from work or when you're out and about walking your dog. I don't know. Wherever you choose to listen to us, please feel free to do so. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.